Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Five. My cuts for the show. Paul Brown Stadium gets a new name as the Bengals get ready for some big contracts. Meanwhile, John Sheeran still hasn't received a 21st century contact contract from DNH Sports, but he still brings his A game every week. Dr. Hoji the Electric Smoji plays the game of politics at the Citizens Climate Lobby in Scotland, which means he's still not here again. And Daddy-O Mustache MacDuke plays the game of exploitation in a search for the most ascetic intern in the world. But most importantly, the Bengals Director of Communication is right here for an exclusive interview on the number one Bengals podcast. Yeah, thank you. Intros are getting better and better. They are. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. You can find us on DNA Sports on YouTube. You can find us, the number one Bengals podcast, on Believe, on all the different podcast things. I'm talking about your Apple phones, your iTunes, your all those things. And, of course, on Brinks.TV. But I first want to introduce my two co-hosts, John... Johnny Mattis Sheeran. And the other one, I know, was gone for a while and I kind of forgot what. Brigantia Jancaster, everybody. Yeah, welcome to the show. Bridget Jenkins. There you yes. go. Yes. All right, look. Let us get right to it. So, Brinks.tv. Actually, we have a very special guest. We're going to talk about that very soon. And in anticipation of that, I want to talk about a debunked conspiracy so on brinks.tv there's a lot of great shows my favorite is conspiracy now and one of the conspiracies they had in the past was about why they don't have a practice a stadium for the Bengals and the conspiracy was that it's actually because there are worm-like monsters like the the rancors from Star Wars that they're living under there and that they are not potty trained and I actually recently went to lot A or lot one for a Bengals practice. As you can see, I got my football signed by Chris Evans. I shaved my mustache, so he thought I was a kid. But the point is, the, the, the not being potty trained part was convincing in lot A, but the conspiracy has been debunked because they are building practice estate. And we're gonna talk about that later. But we also want to emphasize that we want you to tell your friends about DNH Sports. Referrals are a great Great way of us expanding our reach. All right, so how are you two doing today? Doing okay, except are we going to get sued by Disney for that Star Wars reference? Uh, you know what? Yeah, Courtney, can you just cut that out before this goes live? But, you know, I want to actually, I want to talk about a lot of people that are supporting our show. And it's interesting, Courtney, if you could pull up some of the fan art. Now, we have a fan, and his name is Tony Manira. And look at this, look at this beautiful art, because as you know, we are trying to create some merch, we're trying to create some images of us and some logos, and he volunteered his work. Can we go to the next one, please? I'm shocked we have a fan. Yeah, and so, so there you see, it is very creative. It is, it is me and Hoji. We are riding around in the golf carts in Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, those are, ba and, that's a baby carriage. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the next one, please. Look at that, that's Ken Anderson. I'm interviewing Ken Anderson and, and who day is playing defense on Hoji. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't think, that, I think that's an actual tiger. I don't think that's the mascot. I think Hoji's actually getting attacked by the very thing he's trying to protect right now. Can we go to the next one, please, Courtney? And there you go. So there you have, I like this one. This one is, you have me, I'm, I'm making an announcement. You have Hoji who is playing with the tiger. You have the brown elf running away. You have the raven, raven. And you have Steely the Beam, or Beamy the Steel, whatever his name is. McBeam, Steely McBeam. You have him, he was mauled by the tiger. Really creative, beautiful artwork. And yeah, you can give us your opinion, what you want to see on our logos, on our t-shirts, and that kind of a stuff. All right, so. I want to bring in our guest, but first I want to give a little introduction. So, as you know, the Bengals took a giant step forward last year. They went in a new direction, fantastic direction.
They elevated the team and the franchise in every single way. And the person who was communicating and facilitating that direction, the director of communications, Emily Parker, was on our show a year ago. And we talked about a lot of the issues that people had with the fans. And she responded to each one articulately and intelligently and convinced the entire fan base of the direction of the team. And now, a year later, she looks like a genius. She has turned around the franchise and she is back on our show. Everybody, I want you to welcome Emily Parker to the show. I feel like we need an applause. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. Back. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Emily, I am a little starstruck now that the team is doing so well and you were at the forefront of that. And we had Ben Baby on the show. And we had him on the show before the Bengals were the, the greatest team in the NFL. And, and it was a little bit different. You know, he, was a little, he had a little bit of a glow to him. He had a, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was intimidating because, as you know, he's been a lot of requests. He's been asked to be on Dancing with the Stars. He you know, received the honorary PhD from the University of Northern Texas. And, and it's a lot of different accolades. How has your life been changed in the past, you know, let's say four or five months. No, with February. So yeah, six, seven months. Well, I, I'll even go back further. It basically started in November of last year because that's when the playoff run kind of started to come to fruition as we were fighting for a playoff berth and then obviously making the playoffs into the playoffs and then on the Super Bowl run. And so it's been wild. It's been um, a great experience. It's been a lot of work. We had a very short off season. So within, you know, 10 days to two weeks after the Super Bowl, we were back at the combine. And before you knew it, it was free agency and the draft. And so um, it's been a wild ride. And here we are again in training camp with our first preseason game on Friday. Yeah, well, it is wild. And I know that, you know, as regimes kind of they establish, they solidify their power their messaging changes, changes, and I want to know, what do you want us to communicate? Because we have a powerful platform here. What do you want us to now communicate to the fan base? Before it was believe in the process, believe in Zach Taylor's vision, the culture. We, because look, I, I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm a mouthpiece or whatever, but I do, I do like the access. I do want to be there doing the interviews on the field. What do I need to say? What do I need to communicate to our viewership? I mean, I think you can see it across all three phases. We have one of the most dynamic offenses led by Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. We're excited to add Hayden Hurst in our new offensive line. Then you go to the defense and every single phase of the defense from the line to the linebackers to the secondary are just tremendous. And they, um, they get along so well and they're just really good without anybody necessarily feeling like they're true like star power but they're just solid players that are among the best at each of their positions. And then, of course, when you look at special teams, Evan McPherson is heading into his second year, but is as young and dynamic as you can get as a kicker. And so I think when you've got so many different players to root for, both on the field as well as their personalities off the field, it's just a fun team to watch. And I think that's why, while winning is obviously what we're all setting out to do, I think what, la what made last year so special was the way that we were winning and how much fun the team was to watch and root for. And that's what we're excited to, to bring back is many of those same guys are back this year and we're excited to, to do it again. Yeah, are you okay. guys getting... I think I got that all, yeah. I wrote it down. Do um, I get to ask questions too? Yeah. My you, you have to so I just it. finished, Emily, before coming on, the, the Pivot podcast episode with Ryan Clark, which was super fun to watch. Be, I mean, just that wide receiver trio, you can see the relationship and that, I mean, they're not competitive. There's that uncompetitive nature that makes them so united and powerful. But are is the front office getting a lot of requests for media and interviews? Like, does that look different than what it's been in years past? And is media really excited to like tap into this relationship? kind of machine that this team has that maybe hasn't been there before? Yeah, so we've had more national media come through training camp than ever before. And I think it's kind of a combination of things. I think many of the national writers got back on the road this year after two years that were kind of altered due to COVID. 
there's more platforms as media continues to grow with, you know, podcasts like your own, as well as the introduction of I Am Athlete and the Pivot Podcast heading on the road. And then obviously just the nature of where we are with the team and the excitement around it. And so every day we have national media. Tomorrow we'll have NFL Network here. Uh, Mike Garofolo and Sean O'Hare will be here. They're going to interview Evan McPherson about 4.30 tomorrow after practice. And so it's a lot to keep track of. Um, and every day I'm like, who's coming? Do I have them on the right security list? Who do they want to talk to? Have I reminded the coaches and players that they've got this media? But it's obviously very exciting and we're trying to lean into it as much as we can because obviously we felt how much the community here in Cincinnati rallied around the team this past year and we really want to bring that excitement to a much broader audience and so we are uh, really trying our best to to show the national media that we're a fun team to root for and that there's a lot of good storylines for them to cover this year i yes. love it we Whenever would. I wear my Bengals gear, whether it was at the draft or just when I travel around the country, like the number of people that come up to me and say, I was rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl, or I'm a, I'm like a new fan of the Who Day Nation. It's really cool to see the reach that we're getting. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, if John doesn't have any initial questions, we can move on to the next topic. John? I actually did real quick, okay. just because I remember uh, when we were talking about uh, the the uniform reveal and the the, the so-called leak, let's call it. Now this year, when you had the alternate un, alternate helmet unveiled officially, like was that process a little bit less pressure filled because most fans kind of knew what the helmet was going to look like if it was going to go in that direction, or how was that in any way different compared to unveiling like a whole entire new uniform, uh, just design and everything? Yeah, I mean, throughout this process, we've had almost everything leak. So with our big announcement today, outside of a Twitter handle to shout out to Joski Broski, who had the news yesterday at 5.07, and I had to sit tight and hope that it didn't break any further than that um, until this morning. But, you know, we've, we've experienced many leaks along the way. And with the white helmet and the alternate helmets, especially because that was a league-wide initiative, so there were some things that were automatically going to be out of our control tied to that. Um, but we knew that most people knew, especially with all of the the great social media people who do all of the mock-ups, they knew what the helmet was going to look like. And so we wanted to have some fun with it. And in some ways, we had to change our plans a little bit. And we, as with everything, sometimes are responsible for helping to put out some of the leaks. And we had had a, an event on the morning we were planning to initially reveal the that we were wearing the white helmets. And we had to do a last-minute change because we, we got a sponsor associated with the content. And so we changed our release plans, but because there was media at the event, um, it got out. And so it, you know, I think one of the things that has made our social platform so popular is our ability to have fun and be self-aware. And so, you know, when the news was kind of out there that we were going to have a second helmet, we were able to have fun with it um, in the process. And, you know, we've seen a lot of engagement. Our posts around the, the white helmet have just been tremendously well received by fans and so um sometimes you just gotta have fun with it even if you don't always control the timing of the leaks so you're saying swift meets just swiftly came in there basically mm -hmm. yeah yep. okay yep <laughs> yes, and, they, actually... and they have gotten a, a lot of bang for their buck because that social oh, okay. content has gone crazy and so they definitely have gotten everything worth of that sponsorship and then some uh, talking about the leaks i mean i just want you to, to know that if you have a rat you need to sniff them out. I do have a guy. If you need, if you have a snitch, if someone is leaking these things, you know, and ruining the momentum that that you're trying to build, just let me know. Yeah, we, we can communicate after the show. Okay. No. So let us let us move on to the next topic. We're going to talk about the new stadium name, and I had to look this up, Emily. What is Pakor? It is a major U.S.-based fabricator and distributor of thermal and acoustical insulation products. And one mm. thinks, what does that have to do with football? What does that have to do, you know, how much money, how much of this distributor are they selling? And then I looked and they, it is also, they have a mortgage branch, the outstanding resource for mortgaging, financing, and conventional junker, FHA loans, and VA, and something else. I can't read the rest. And it the is it worst is crazy. Researched podcast in the history of podcasts. 
So why, So I guess I'm wondering, obviously, they have a lot of money. They do a lot of things. But how did this happen, that they ended up being the a sponsor of, of, the, of the stadium? Yes, yeah, so we've had a, a partnership with Paycor since 2018. And as we were starting to look at and explore naming rights, we put out some feelers with some of our current partners. And really, it started back in March and the conversations took off from there as they immediately expressed interest. And, you know, for us, it was very important to partner with a company that our brands aligned. And because we already had some familiarity with them, we knew that there was an alignment there. And then the fact that they're a local company on the rise, you know, I think we share a lot of similarities in both of us wanting to kind of get that broader national attention. They uh, went public a year ago. And so they're trying to get, um, they're trying to grow their business. And I think that this is a, just a great message to the Cincinnati business community of two big brands in Cincinnati that are partnering together to try and raise the profile of uh, the Cincinnati business community and uh, just show how great of a city and community that we have here. And, and so what is their business? Just so I can get some commit, you know, some money off this too. What do yeah, they do? so they're, yeah. they're an HR uh, business. They're our official HR, um, exclusive HR provider. And so every time that, you know, that we get paid and I approve uh, my intern's time cards, it's all been through Paycor. So I've been very wow. familiar with other uh, products for, for many years because it's how we do our uh, payroll here, but you know they've got a great um, op, you know operation where they work with uh, small to medium sized businesses just to help with those human capital management uh, services across uh, the country. So this we'll makes never a lot use of sense. It, should, yeah. yeah, we know HR get is going to you have to approve the time cards. You, you do yeah, realize that, right? I, yeah, I think that HR is powerful enough. If you ask me, <laughs> I think HR is out of control, and a lot of this human trafficking that that you that we were talking about i i've heard a lot of bad things and i, I don't approve of not this. even close to the same or thing the emily I, I, I was curious though because i feel like the the consensus of the fans was on board with changing the name from paul brown stadium but i feel like a, an even greater pr proportion of the fan base would have preferred that paul brown stadium would have remained in the new name be like paycor field at paul brown stadium was that conversation ever had in these negotiations or was it never really part of it when you guys started this whole thing? Yeah, I think it was important for us for the stadium to have a clear identity. And so that's why we wanted it to be a straight naming rights deal versus trying to incorporate two things into the name. And so we really achieved that. It's, you know, for me, I've known about this for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, in terms of that the deal was, was getting close and going to happen. And so I've been, in my mind, calling it Paycor Stadium for a couple of weeks now. It really rolls off the tongue. And I think it's something that, you know, as we start to integrate their brand as early as Friday and in the coming weeks and months, that fans will come to adapt. And um, yes, there still are going to be many ways that we recognize and honor Paul Brown. You know, some of those have already taken effect with the Ring of Honor, with his name in the jerseys. We have a Paul Brown Coaching Excellence Award that we give out every year to high school a high school football coach. We last year did uh, redid one of the conference rooms here, which is the room that you see every time we do a player signing. That is um, the Paul Brown conference room, which has some images, some quotes, some memorabilia in the room. So there's stuff that we are doing and will continue to do to honor Paul. Uh, but I think in this move, it made the most sense to have a clear identity with the stadium. And uh, that's what we were going for. So let me let me ask you something, Emily, because you talked about how we wanted to maximize the profitability profitability of this and not keep Paul Brown Stadium in there. Can we talk numbers here? How much are we getting from Paycor? And is that going to go back to the fans or are we going to have to pay more? You know what I mean? So Paycor, no, yeah. <laughs> no financial terms have been disclosed or will be disclosed at this time. So I don't have okay. any breaking news for you on that front. So it sounds like it sounds like this is another thing that you don't want to be leaked. And I got to say, when you said that you've known about this for a couple of weeks and nobody tweeted it, it sounds like you found your rat. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yep. No, it's it's been something that uh, we all have kept very close and uh, a sm very small group of people knew that this was happening. And uh, obviously we you, we were able to to pull it off this morning because we knew as soon as the name got out there, um, you know, 
it spreads like wildfire. So it was important for us to be able to unveil it um, as kind of a planned messaging uh, with Paycor aligned. And so luckily we were able to, to accomplish that this morning. Well, my condolences, my condolences well, to the family of the rats. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just disappointed my campaign of one for Fiona the Hippo Stadium <laughs> failed. I don't think Fiona's got that money, unfortunately. <laughs> really, it would have been nice. A lot of people said jungle gyms. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> Love that well, place, but yeah. And Fiona the Hippo, that's a draw. So, okay, moving let, on. Let, let us move on to the official depth charts. And I guess here's the question, Emily. Joe Burrow, he, we, we had a discussion about the appendix and what it is. And there's a little bit of debate in the medical community on this show about what it is. I said it is the little cheat sheet that the quarterback has on his wrist and he took it off because he knows the playbook. John is a lot more concerned. The thing is Joe Burrow is now, he is using a cart to get around and he's throwing the ball very gently. I have preseason games tickets that Bridget gave me for Friday. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm getting the feeling that Joe Burrow is not going to be in that game. The question is, what are we going to do? Because look, they have an outstanding receiving core. Brandon Allen has been in the system for a few years. But if Joe Burrow is not going to be there at the beginning of the season with our Super Bowl aspirations, is there a chance we get a veteran quarterback? I mean, you look at the Jets, they get a Joe Flacco for nothing, you know, and he's competitive enough to where he can fill in, you know. Is there a chance we go out there? Or are we, or are we rolling with Brandon Allen? You know, let's go Brandon Allen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there, we still have a month to go before the season, so we have a long ways to go. And uh, I think everybody that was out of practice the other day saw the progress Joe's making, and I think we'll be seeing him very soon um, but we don't want to put the pressure on him to rush anything. And so I think that's why we don't want to put a timetable on anything. We're just going to um, allow him to go through the process. And when he's back, he's back. But the good news is, is we still have over a month until week one. I'm glad you said yeah. the word pressure, though, real, real quick, because with, with Joe, he said it himself that he doesn't love to do like media things. I think he's been on maybe a handful of podcasts since he's been with the Bengals. But obviously he does like the, the press conferences and, and some interviews and whatnot. Just in your experience with him, how is he like handling that stuff and like being open to it? Because it does seem like he's kind of more low key. Yeah, I mean, he's all about football. So he understands that he's the starting quarterback and does the things that he needs to do, which every week includes a press conference after the game, his Wednesday press conference, a production meeting. And then usually we have one big interview that he does every week during the regular season. Sometimes it's tied to the um, network that's broadcasting the game. Sometimes it's a different request. But we really, and it's a it's a thing that we focused on since we brought him in in 2020, is we want him to focus on football. We are who we are because of him, and we recognize that. And so, um, you know, he's he's willing to do the bigger media when we ask him, but we really try as the PR people to prioritize the request that we take to him um, to just really get the most kind of bang for our buck for when we put him out there. Uh, but I think it adds to kind of the mystique around Joe is, you know, he doesn't do that many interviews. So when he does them, people listen and pay attention and uh, like to hear what he has to say, because he does do a great job with media. But I think, you know, for us, the priority is the football team. And so we really try and uh, limit the distractions. And that includes the media sometimes. Well, I, I, you said bigger media. I mean, how much bigger does it get than number one? Right. <laughs> on Bengals podcast. No, but but I will say this. And he wants to talk football. Who better to talk football with than John Sheeran? I'm I'm just saying it for Joe's sake. I'm oh, just saying because it. because no, he went to that steakhouse and he talked to those frat boys and I don't feel like they were at his level. I don't feel like they were ready for the conversation that John Sheeran can have. Just maybe Joe, you know, maybe just pass that along to him. Can bring him on the show. Can I, Emily, you, yeah. if you're like, I got to keep it all equal, do you have a player on the team that you're like always most excited or most um, interested in putting in front of the camera or the microphone? Well, I'm going to give Jamar a shout out. And it's because with Joe not being available for media these past couple of weeks, as we have had so many national media come to town, Jamar has stepped up in so many ways 
um, is literally said yes to every single interview we've put in front of him. And he's talked to to Peter King and Pete Prisco and NFL Network and um, Jonathan Jones. And literally the, the list goes on and on. And he's been tremendous. And I think that goes back to all three of the wide receivers are so great to work with for as big of stars as they are. They are so humble and easy to, to you know, just talk to and have do all of the media requests and all of that that comes with being star wide receivers. So we are very lucky from that standpoint that we do not have major divas. And especially knowing that that position group has such high attention to them, the amount of media requests that we bring to them, they've all been awesome um, to work with. But I've got to give a special shout out to Jamar because he really has stepped up these past couple of weeks with a, a bigger media load than most. So Jamar says yes to everything. I got that. I wrote that down. <laughs> uh, let us move on to Bengals brand. And basically, honestly, it, it, okay, Emily, you look at this team. They were a player or two away from winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, they got, they were just hitting their peak. You know, I mean, they were playing better and better as the season progressed. And they're so young. And they have all these guys under contract, except Jesse Bates. I don't know if if he's going to play this year or not. If you could communicate that or no, no, I guess not. We'll move I, on. We're very hopeful. I, I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm but, very hopeful to see Jesse very soon. I looked at that depth chart, and when I saw Jesse Bates's name there, and next, you know, there's also Dax Hill and Von Bell, and then you see Cam Taylor Britt backing up Eli Apple, and then you look at Joseph Asai added to the pass rush, and then you look at all those other amazing players. I'm like, look at this roster. And then look at what we did and look at the kind of quarterback that we have and look at the kind of plays we made in the biggest moments of the season. And yet, and yet, I really don't care that people doubt us. To me, it just shows they don't understand the football. But part of it is branding, right? Is, is reversing the image. You know, I look at the Bengals' history. The current Bengals' history is two and a half or whatever, three years old. It's, it starts from Joe Burrow. It's a new era. Everything else you can, you can just throw out. That's my take. But a lot of people want to impose the past on it. So how do you rebrand the Bengals in accordance with this incredible success and incredible talent that they have? How do you get the message out so that people stop taking these outdated shots at us? Well, I think it starts with following up last season with another great season. You know, I think that, you know, we believe in this team. Almost all of the pieces from last year are back again this year out at training camp, that defense looks amazing. I mean, Trey Hendrickson is just a beast. And then you mentioned the other people on the pass rush and the secondary and the linebackers. And so we really think we've got all three phases um, that are going to be able to help carry these games this season. You know, we've, we know we have a tough schedule that comes with winning the division, uh, five primetime games, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I think that this team knows what it takes to get to the Super Bowl, and that's going to drive them. Uh, this season. And I think that with winning comes more attention and, you know, I think telling more stories. And that's one of the things with the national media is, yes, there is a big focus on a lot of the guys that that people know, but there's going to be 53 guys that make this roster and all of them have a great story to tell. And so as we talk through the preseason games getting started, that's the exciting time of this year is on Friday, you're going to see a lot of players that are going to, you know, jump out at you for the first time perhaps, or, or guys that are going to be fighting to make this roster. And so I think that's kind of the fun part of this time of year is um, seeing who else is going to add to the talent that we already know is on the team is really to build out that depth chart uh, starting in preseason. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about the bandwagon guys, though? Like people that, because we, Emily, I mean, you're a lot younger than I am, but I mean, you remember those years where it was like, you know, we were we were just treated as if we were only technically NFL franchise. We didn't deserve to have NFL. You know, this was the kind of rhetoric that was thrown around at us. Lot of hurtful language, but we believed. And actually, perhaps more than anybody, keeping the optimism is our upcoming special guest, Mr. Bengals captain, beautiful man, who's been with this team from the beginning and has always, always, always tried to keep people's spirits up, especially from the beginning of Zach Taylor time when we had Zach Taylor, he's like, I believe in this guy and what he's going to do. And it, but it's people like that who really, who really, to me, 
make this, you know, when, who was it, John, that was recently talking about how great the fan base is? He said, I played for, uh, what was it? He played, uh, was it Cam Taylor Britt, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was blown away by the support. Well, that's who we are. That's who we are. That's who this, this nation has been, the Houday Nation. The, the, the bandwagon guys, if they're, if they're in the area, it's fine. I, I, it's fine. But the outsider, you know, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? What do you say? What's your message to them? Hey, the more the merrier. Uh, you know, I love when I see videos of little kids doing the gritty out there and wearing their Jamar Chase jerseys and their Joe Burrow jerseys. And I think that's something that we do have with, you know, some of these offensive stars is we have some star power with this team. And I hope that that grows the fan base. You know, I love how much the Cincinnati community came together during the playoff run and we saw what it meant to to the greater Cincinnati area. But I think it's, you know, I'm all for growing our fan base and having fans all over the country. I'm very much looking forward to the New Orleans game this year. You know, I think it's fun when we go on the road. We have so many of our great fans that do travel with us. You know, I think we see, we've seen that during the regular season, and it was especially prevalent when we were in Nashville and Kansas City and Los Angeles. And so, you know, for our fans that travel with us on the road or if we pick up some fans in other cities, I think that's great. Because we love when we hear the cheering and the the who days from uh, you know out in the crowd, and I think the more fans we can build around this fan base is uh, is great. Okay. Well, I booked my okay, flights wait. to New Orleans on Sunday morning, so tickets were already bought. Was waiting to book the flight. So I have to ask. I have to ask a leak question. So one of the things that I sort of love about our fan base is sometimes how much other fan bases don't like us on social media because we are. Uh, delightfully optimistic and I think really supportive and we're supportive of other fan bases too and I think sometimes it really just like grinds other people but I have been obsessed with the Bengals social media so like starting with that Easter egg video to announce the schedule and then even the uniform like in cap I know uh, as a internet security person you got in on like that that uh, kind of what the virus leak um, for the uniform release. Is there anything you can give us for what something we might see on social media this season that's just going to maybe be something that brings the fan base together on social or something we may be able to get to go a little bit viral? So I think what I'll just say is our content team is extremely talented and they have a lot of fun and exciting things. And for us this year, is kind of, we talked with both social as well as the content that will be in stadium on game day, is we recognize that our season ticket base is larger um, than it's been. And so that means that a lot of the fans will be coming to all 10 games and we wanna make sure that they feel a new experience at each game. And so that means creating a lot of new content so that they get you know a different feel versus seeing the same video 10 times. And so there's a lot of ideas that they're working on. I know that every year we start off the season with a, a fun and exciting hype video. And I, I know what that one's gonna be about. And I think fans are gonna love it. Um, and so I think that, you know, I think the thing with social that's been so successful is there's the really great content that's produced that kind of gives you the chills and, and tells the stories. But there's also the let's have fun and react to trends and, you know, be willing to kind of just kind of stay with whatever is happening on social and engage. And I think that's what really resonates with fans is, you know, it's something that's relatable and it feels like there's a person behind the account. And um, and I think it's a two way street where where we like to engage and we love what the fans engage with us. And so I think there'll be a lot of fun things that happen this season um, on the content side. Well, that's final, super exciting. Final question on that to that point what kind of content do you think that we could do to best support the team on this show well i think you guys are doing it appreciate you guys having this podcast and having Thank me you. on and you know i i know you got two of our biggest fans coming up and uh justin uh captain and so i think that just continuing to tell stories talk about the team get people excited i think that that's all um what our fan base loves because there's more podcasts out there than ever so i know you sometimes have to cut through the clutter to get people's attention but i think it's great with more people talking about the team and uh just getting excited for for the season well thank you emily well i am excited i was excited last year you got me excited you convinced me and now i mean i i don't i really don't even know what to do i mean with this team it doesn't feel like it's real i i, I can't I'm, I'm not it's hard for me after all the pain i've been through 
it is hard for me to accept the reality of this beautiful, beautiful franchise. And I will not be able to attend the games at Paycor. They're out of my price range, but Bridget will, and she's going to tell me all about it. Very excited about that. And John, yeah, any, any goodbyes to Emily? Yeah, just shout out to Seth Tanner and Mina Creamer, who Emily was alluding to with the content team. I, I feel like when Emily said like, yeah, it does feel like there's a person behind the account that kind of relates to the fans. I feel like they've been just as big of a part of it, just as Emily and, and her team has been. And just in the past three years, it's been a phenomenal renaissance. But Emily has been here for longer than that. And all of, of her work behind the scenes is kind of attributed to what we're seeing now. So thank you, Emily, for coming on the show and talking with us again. Yeah, thanks wow. for having me and uh, good day and excited to get things going in the new Paycor Stadium on Friday. Thank you. We, thanks, we'd love Emily. to get you back on, Emily. All right. Thanks. Anytime. Good day. Okay. See you right, next week. See you. Okay. Bye. Emily. <laughs> okay. All right. Daddio, I feel yeah. like we need to give you a little bit of a break. Take a breath. Yeah, You've been talking a, a lot. I have, I've, so. yeah, I've been barely been talking because we had such a great guest. Well, she and, she did her part, but you, uh, yeah, you were really talking. I had a lot of questions. Uh, trying you, you, to you did, the Bengals you did. but look we want to get to daddy cares which is your segment so i'm gonna let you do the talking yeah that's what that's but, what i i was yeah she's telling you to shut up man yeah like, I, like bridget politely. you reached out to me yeah and you told me that my good friend Bengals captain and his wife jess <laughs> you are still talking you told me that they're doing some amazing they did some amazing discoveries and for cancer and like we talked about Isaac Newton discovering the law of gravity by Apple falling on his head, or even more famously, yes, we have Benjamin Franklin. He invented bifocals uh, from this, you see this mouse here, Amos the mouse, very unexpected way that he made these inventions and these discoveries. The printing press, as you can see, this mouse was involved every step of the way. And then of course, electricity. And now, of course, they had the falling out. Ben and the mouse, they had the falling out. But eventually, the, the, the mouse was a little radical, with a little bit off the rails. But eventually, they had tea, and they, and they worked things out. And then he's in the statue of Benjamin Franklin. But that's a longer story. I just wanted to give you a summary of that. But we have Bengals captain and his wife, Jess, who found, if, you told, if I'm understanding you correctly, they found a cure for cancer while they were on their bikes. And that is why you are bringing them on the show. This is why I ask that you please let me talk. Um, so uh, I feel like um, I've got, I feel like I know Cap and Jess now just from Twitter. I don't think we've actually gotten to meet in person, but I was following along um, over the weekend on the Pel Pelotonia. Pel Pelotonia. Pelotonia. Yep. Pelotonia. I have a Peloton I got in April of 2020, and I rode it for 52 weeks, and then it's been like just the clothes dryer for the last year. Um, but was really inspired by what you all were doing. Um, no cancer has touched a lot of our lives um, in a lot of different ways, unfortunately. So wanted to have you all on for this segment to actually have a legitimate daddy o care segment instead of the trash we usually put on. Um, so thank it, you for- It is your segment, Bridget. Yes, and you dictate it. Um, so thanks, Jess and Kat, for being on. You wanna just talk a little bit and obviously introduce yourselves. In my head, I'm like, everybody knows who you are, but introduce yourselves and then talk a little bit about what you were writing for. Well, it's obvious I'm Cap, and she's Jess. Hello. Oh, <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having us on today. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at the Hubei on Twitter and Instagram. He's Bengals Captain on Twitter and Instagram. So, um, but no, thank you guys so much for having us on. Um, so Pelotonia, and can, I hope everyone can hear me okay. I'm obviously a lot farther away from the mic than Cap. But um, Pelotonia is a ride that they do every year. They've been doing it, I think, 14 years now. And... Basically, you commit to ride a certain number of miles, anywhere from 20 to 200 miles, and your commitment comes with a fundraising goal. So you commit to ride your bike for that long. You also commit to raise that, a certain amount of money, and all of the money goes to um, cancer research, um, mostly at Ohio State, but I think they sponsor grants you know, that go beyond Ohio State. So it's mostly through Ohio State. Um, they have a, there's a James Cancer Hospital at Ohio State where they actually 
do research on the same floors where they do patient care. So research is very important to them. They are very immersed in the whole cancer experience. And, you know, every day they walk by these patients' rooms, they see their families, they see the patients, and they work really hard on finding these new medications, new drugs, um, you know, not to get too technical, but I, I'm really impressed by the way that they can target not only the patient's genetic makeup, but also the genetic makeup of the tumors. So there's, they're doing a lot of research with that and being very specific on how they target different cancers. Because unfortunately, you know, cancer is not one disease. There's not one cure that we're going to find. It's a lot of different diseases that um, require a lot of like nuanced treatments and you know there's been some great drugs come out lately and it's just it's really exciting um all the research that they're doing so i was something that i was really happy to do um like you bridget we got a peloton bike and we we've been riding it for about a year now um and so i kind of felt ready like i was ready to ride that i was ready to commit to to riding you know we committed to ride 57 miles so that's what we did and uh, it was a good time yeah, uh, my, my company is a, a huge sponsor. Our team was the, the number one fundraiser. So I've been donating to Pelotonia, different people who've, who've been fundraising for years. Never in my life thought I would want to ride until, yeah, we, we got the Peloton and it's a blast. Uh, we went, we skipped the 20 mile, went straight for 57. Uh, I was worried about dying because I did not properly uh, train uh, basically three rides uh, until I decided to do the 57. Uh, I'm here, thankfully. So we did survive. And the day of, I got a lot of great people on Twitter, uh, you know, retweeting. I, I'm trying to put a, an Xbox up for uh, raffle. So we got a lot of uh, additional um, donations coming in because of that the day of the ride. That is still, people can still donate to Peltonia uh, up through October. October 1st, yeah, and October we, we 1st. both have a long way to go to meet our yep. fundraising goals. So, But absolutely, we, we've met survivors, we rode past survivors, they had, you know, a lot of them had special uh, jerseys you could see, uh, hearing some of the stories, it's just, you know, I've unfortunately lost a, most of my family to either lung cancer, esophageal cancer, uh, you know, it, it's been a, a really horrible disease in my family. She's she's got a, a lot of ribbons that that she made for people. So we're we're happy to do what we can to help. Yeah, this is my helmet that I wore during the ride, and I made a ribbon for all of my immediate family members who've had cancer. And black is for skin cancer, so that's my both my sisters, my dad, and my grandpa. Uh, pink is obviously breast cancer. I think most people know that one. So that's my grandma and uh, two of my aunts. Well, I'm sorry, one of my aunts and one of my good, good, good friends, one of my best friend's parents. Uh, and then white is for lung cancer. So that's uh, Jeremy's dad and uh, my good friend's uh, dad. And then um, teal is for ovarian cancer. And that's my grandma and one of my aunts. So, you know, it, it meant a lot to me to, to kind of put their names on these ribbons and represent. And I actually got a lot of compliments on it. So even though I could hear like part of them, I could hear them like flapping in the wind. So it probably was not like the best idea from a technical standpoint. But um, yeah, I, a lot of people liked it. And I saw a lot of people with ribbons on. So, you know, it's a really it's a really important cause to a lot of people. I think everyone, like you said, everyone's lives have been touched by cancer. So and it's something that is um, near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. They've raised over 250 million for cancer research since the inception. That's incredible. And you two do so much yeah. for the Bengals community. And I know you're always trying to amplify causes. Cap, you mentioned the organization that I actually work for, not the sham that I don't get paid to be a part of. Um, so appreciate <laughs> that shout out. Um, so kudos to both of you. And we'll, We'll make sure to amplify that and um, make sure that we can get more towards cancer research. But Jess, I know you, it's a, we went way over time, surprise, surprise, um, and you were just able to join. But I am curious, like Daddio said, you two are these voices of optimism in the Hude Nation. And so, Kep, you were listening in, I think, to a lot of what Emily had to say 
What are you two most excited? I mean, we are on the eve of the first preseason game or the eve of the eve of the eve, whatever. It's the week of the first preseason game. And so for me, that feels like the season is now about ready to start. What are you two most looking forward to or about this season? I'm, I'm looking forward to picking up where we left off. You know, uh, Emily, I thank her a million times over because what, five, six, seven years ago, I had a conversation with her and she told me a lot of the things that they wanted to do that they're actually doing. So they they wanted to do it. The, the plan's been in place. All the pieces fit together. Emily's been a huge, huge part of that. Um, all I did was listen. My, my optimism comes from listening to very, very smart, talented people who are very good at their job. Tell me the truth. So yeah, that part was easy. But uh, last year, the, the team took a lot of people by surprise, not us. And we expect to build on that and many, many, many Lombardies in our future. I'm honestly excited for the fans to be all in. I feel like even at the start of last year, there were questions about Zach. There were questions about the team. There were questions about a lot of things. I mean, was Joe Burrow going to stay healthy? I mean, there, there were so many question marks in people's minds. And I don't think people truly believed yet at the beginning of last season. So I'm really excited uh, for people to kind of be like bought in from the start this year. And I, I just feel like the jungle is going to be that much more electric because of that. You know, I will never forget the feeling of that playoff game against the Raiders. I mean, I that was just the most amazing energy. And to think that we've sold out season tickets now, I feel like that energy is going to be there every single week. Doesn't matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter, you know, what what's going on. I really feel like um, the fans are going to really bring the energy this year because finally they've got a, a team that's fun to root for and something that they can believe in. So that's that's really that's really important to me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm all puffed up. Let's go. I know we're ready. Um, Daddy has got my tickets for Friday because I am going to my best friend's wedding this weekend in Michigan. So I will not be there, but uh, won't miss anything else. Um, Daddy O, John, anything? I know it, it's well into the evening on this Tuesday evening, but while we've got Bengals uh, fan royalty, anything yeah, else? Well, I was very touched by that entire sure. uh, discussion you don't have feelings i i'm no i think it's a good uh, cause daddy talk to me about tickets i might have some tickets for you <laughs> wow okay this is now he's got a feeling a lot more interesting yeah <laughs> wow. he'll feel whatever now. you want him to emotional no, cry. <laughs> let me just say captain has helped us so much with this show with the technical side of the show we are dming each other don't worry jess it's not that kind of DMs, but we are we are constantly <laughs> communicating. I'm getting advice. Sliding, I mean, right? That's a handsome man. What are you gonna do? That I, mustache. <laughs> I know it. I know. Mario is cute. <laughs> but he's always giving us advice for how to improve the show technically and how to keep the hackers out and the bots and all the there's a lot of people trying to yeah, I mean the domain, I mean the the, the our, our, basically our ranking number one. That is that was very expensive to get that. But but Oh, yeah, but Captain, it's worth money. I, I would say I do believe that Captain did see the vision earlier than other people. And it could have been because he was, you know, hacking into the computers and getting the information, like he said. Or it could just be, I think it's just because I think that partly, to be fair, you, you identified the kind of leader that Zach Taylor is and you identified the, basically the change in management as well. And obviously Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I was in on Joe Burrow. I was, I mean, from immediately, I knew Joe Burrow could do his part. But I mean, let's be fair. Andrew Luck was maybe not a Joe Burrow, but he was that type of quarterback. Yeah, but Joe Joe Burrow makes it yeah. easy. But Joe Burrow you, makes it easy, it but you need Zach. the other parts. Yeah, yeah. Zach, and, Zach is my kind of leader. Zach, Zach is the leader that I have worked to be in all of my leadership positions throughout my life. You know, yeah. some of the books that he's mentioned, you know, um, hearing what I've heard about him. Yeah, absolutely. The kind of guy that I would take a bullet for. And here inside the locker room, a lot of guys felt that way. So uh, Willie Anderson even made a post on Instagram that, you know, he recently, he, he could see, he spent time with him. He could see why the guys play so hard for him. Anything good, uh, Willie said, that has happened to him. Zach has given him a call to congratulate him. Yeah, uh, absolutely amazing. Let, let, let know, us he's, remember he's honoring our legends like we want them honored at 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let us remember the first man who he, who he congratulated or congratulated him after his very first victory. Is this man right here. This man on our show right here, Captain, was the first man to touch Zach Taylor after he won his first game. <laughs> and that Maybe started it all. But... <laughs> Again, just not that kind of touching. But you know what I'm saying. I'm saying I was there, first... okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you left me hanging, but that's okay. <laughs> Daddy, yeah. before we end the show, I have to say, because I told you all not to let me forget this, today is my dad's 68th birthday. I was going to have him on the show, but he, like, doesn't have Zoom, and it's going to be on an iPad, and he's that kind of guy who, like, FaceTimes or Zooms, and just his forehead is showing. Is yeah. And I'm like, we can't have that. So can we all just say, his name's Ken. Happy birthday, Ken. He yes, loves the show. Ken. Great name. Happy the birthday, Ken. you. Yes. Thank you. For He's a Lions fan, but Bengals are his very Happy second birthday, Ken. team. Um, and he came to the very first preseason game with me last year. And then he was with me in uh, at Paul Brown Stadium, now Pecor Stadium, for the Kansas City game. And he, just to see him in that, like, Bengals fandom was amazing, and he loves this dumb show for a reason I can't figure out. So, so happy birthday, out? Dad. Yeah. We love you. We love it. Right. Happy birthday, Ken. Happy birthday, Ken. Thank you. All right. And we also love our patrons, guys. We love our patrons. They're very special people, very smart people. And they have birthdays, too. I am a subscriber. Yes, are, he is. One of our very you. first. He is one of our first patrons. Bless you, Cap. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, so long show, so I won't take too much time with that. But yeah, patreon.com slash dhsports or winnow.app slash dhsports where you can get voice messages from John. You can get uh, John basically late night. He, he will send you uh, things to kind of calm you or maybe to excite you or I don't know, John. Yeah. But all sorts of stuff. She's gotten weird. This has gotten weird. Yeah. But okay, well, Mr. Bengals captain and Jess. Mrs. Jess Captain, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, thank you always so much a for pleasure. Us. Yes, thank you. And for John Mathis Sheeran and HR, I'm Debbie McDo. Don't forget to subscribe, turn on notifications, leave comments about the stuff we asked you during the show. And uh, yeah, go to the Morning Bengals podcast on Believe. And uh, we will be back next week. Perhaps a new day. We'll see. I think Jess and Kat both have podcasts, too. That's right. Subscribe uh, to Tiger's Talk. Yes. Yeah. That's all we have. Tiger's Talk. See you next time. So long, sweetie. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.